that. Woo! So if you can't tell from Leah, we are discussing today GFT. New York Comic Con. New York Comic Con. New York Comic Con. New York Comic Con. So Leah has gone a little batshit crazy because she actually came down with con, pla- con plague, mm-hmm. where I went to our friend Tarianne's booth, which is what's the name of her company again? Unre Designs. Unre Designs, and I bought myself one of those little like surgical masks with Hello Kitty all over them, and then I bought the Beetlejuice um, hand painted respirator and matching goggles. So uh, I will probably, since I gave her props, we'll, we'll post her uh, Facebook or webpage, Etsy, whatever it is that she's on, on uh, as a link so you guys can find these things. And I will put pictures of me looking like a bug Yay. with the goggles and the respirator on. Um, so, Leah, yeah. what was you went for all four yes. days, right? What was your favorite part of New York Comic Con? So- I had very mixed reviews on New York Comic Cons just because, in the words of Todrick Hall, that shit's expensive. Like, everything, everything costs $20. Everything. Yes. Whether it was worth $20 or worth more than $20, everybody just evened out everything's $20. Whether it was a $5 thing that they upped the price to $20 or a $100 thing that they dropped the price at $20. Everything was $20. Okay, she's lying on that because there were several things that I bought that were not $20. All four items. <laughs> they just, it was ridiculous at points. I purchased, most of the deals obviously came from Sunday, as any veteran would know. Um, most of the good deals come on Sundays, but before that, I know for a fact that I spent maybe $600 this weekend and I at any given point didn't spend more than three to four hours at directly at the con each day because I'm lazy and timeliness is my kryptonite and so getting there before midnight was not gonna happen sorry I'm not sorry <laughs> which which we have to let you know the show floor does close before midnight <laughs> Yeah, short floor closes at seven. I would get there like three thirty. Like, Leah, did you cosplay this uh, year? Ah, yes, I did. So, who were you on what days? Okay, so um, Thursday, I was Misty Knight with my magic gloves. I was Defender's version of Misty Knight, not Goldar Misty Misty Knight which was a lot easier on my brain in the coloring of it because that took way too long to make. Wait, 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 wait. You know what? Explain who Misty is. Oh, no, guys, guys. You know what? It's okay because a lot of people did not know who Misty Knight was on Thursday either. Misty Knight is a black female detective from the Marvel Universe who hangs out in Harlem with Luke Cage. You can see her most recently in the Defender series, um and mainly on the Luke Cage series she is a detective who became a pri- private PI when she lost her arm because you can't really get a good job when you have one arm and then she gets a bionic arm depending on who or what version of the series you're get 
getting it from. She gets her arm any from anyone from Iron Fist to Iron Man to random person number 42 till she built it herself. So it's very not the origin story of her arms sometimes varies, but the main idea is that she was the leader of most of the private investigator teams in Harlem and those um black avengers types up there you did misty knight comic book version misty knight luke cage version misty knight <laughs> defenders version pre getting arm amputated i did misty knight post getting arm am- amputated there was like one one picture put up that showed what her arm looks like and so i just basically made a synthetic arm based off of that image and worked with it. So if you knew who I, who she was, you're like, oh! If you didn't, you're like, oh, I wonder who she is. <laughs> La-di-da. That was Thursday. Friday, I was Kindred from League of Legends, which is a, an ADC character who basically runs around with a bow and arrow and enjoys herself, and it's all white, and it's very easy to get dirty, which I automatically did. I got my outfit dirty before I even walked into the con. I was so upset. I was really lucky that my friend's mom was able to pull out a Tide pen on me, and it was like, there you go. I was going to say, okay, listen, girl, I'm going to explain to you one thing that I, I learned in this past year that I will share with you for free. It's called uh... Crepe Race. It's a spray that you get at like journeys or wherever you can buy tims and literally you spray it on like like okay you can use it on tims but you can use it on any clothes that you kind of sort of need to like (laughs) dirt proof and waterproof um and then you just kind of like all of a sudden you get mud on your brand new tims and you just kind of brush it off and it's like your tims oh my goodness i'm going to go to journeys to actually i'm just gonna wait till i get back to work because that's that's where it is i'm not going back over to my job for any reason unless i have to actually be there we're gonna dodge that and we're just gonna go there (laughs) on next next week monday yes league of legends that one was interesting that one had a huge bow that was about my height yeah i saw when you were in the middle of making that i was not because you were part the first time i tried to use it (laughs) And then I discovered landscape foam, and that pretty much saved my life. So to all you cosplayers out there, there's this crazy thing called landscape (laughs) foam. And it's basically the foam that they use to stick plates of stone together to get you that fake landscape look and to make sure all the rocks stay in one place. And so you use a little bit of that, and it hardens to basically rock, but it's waterproof, it's stain-proof, it's all of that because it's meant to deal with outside weather. You put that in, you seal it up, you're like, hey, that thing will never move again. Maybe and, and total maybe five to 10 pounds. It's not that heavy. Okay, because, cause, dude, there's a picture of me that I don't... Uh, you know what? I am going to... I'm going to post it on our IG. <laughs> um, this girl be, was uh, Hellgirl. So Hellboy, but gender-swapped. And uh, she did the like the 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 hand with this with the foam. So she said she did the cast of it, and then she did like really it's foam and something else. I forgot what she told me. 
Um, but it was, it felt like nothing. It's, it was insanely light. Like I put that See, on and I was like, oh, yeah, you can't I, can, I can rock this all If day you ever no want to learn how to, if you ever want to be MacGyver in your life, become a cosplayer. You learn all of the tricks of the trade. You learn how to use hot guns, for, hot glue guns for literally everything. Hot glue gun is the MacGyver of all tools. I used it to sew. Everything. I used it to craft. It was a mask. Like four out of five things had some sort of hot glue on it at one point in, in my costume. I was just like, this is happening. That was Friday. Saturday, I was Madam Slay from um, Black Panther. <laughs> She's one of the um, antagonists of the Black Panther series. But she wears the skimpiest outfit, and it's freaking hilarious. She's like, according to the comics, she's like five foot two. But she wears, yeah, but she wears like a skin tight loincloth and a matching such as my um, top with all vibranium gauntlets and vibranium leglets. I don't know what they're called if the leg, whatever. And they all have like knives. <laughs> <laughs> and then little knives that come off the sides and then she wears a bandana <laughs that has that a little term. horn Leglets. or knife I'm not exactly sure if it's a knife or a horn but it comes out the middle of her forehead and a matching necklace and almost died with that one cause I ran I ran for my life I missed the major Wakandan shoot I came in maybe 10 minutes after they finished clean, wrapping up the <laughs> Wakandan shoot so I did get some shoots with some of my um, fellow Wakandans, but the rest of them were like, mm, you're good. <laughs> I got yelled at. <laughs> Bitch, you need a time. You need a, like a they time. Yelled at me. They were like, you like just, I just got Swatch. undressed. I'm sorry. Casio. I had to go. <laughs> but it was okay. It was fun. What else? Sunday, I became lazy and exhausted. So instead, I just wore a handcrafted skirt, uh, Spider-Man skirt, and with the matching, with a, I wouldn't say matching, but like I'm a, a close enough to the theme, like a Mary Jane-esque look, white top, black, blue sneakers. Called it a day and was able to actually walk around in peace without killing anybody, although I was so exhausted. Woo! So this this would be my second year of not cosplaying, so I didn't go as anything. Um, and then, of course, as I went there, I was like, oh, I could have done that, I could have done that. But then I thought about the time. Uh, I came to the conclusion that I, I was not meant. That wasn't going to happen. For me, um, New York Comic Con, I get pro a pro pass, so I'm very lucky in that aspect. Um... So it's cheap for me to go, which is why I won't stop going. But a lot of these things, all a lot of the things that I look forward to at NYCC, I do get from other some from other cons now. I do get from other cons now. Ugh. Yeah, I, I New York Comic Con is still the only Comic Con I the only con I'm going to. I'm sorry. Um, I was supposed to go to Geek Girl Con and ended up not going um because of car issues and then i was supposed to host the panel and then my panel mm -hmm. didn't happen so i was like all right well then since I i'm not gonna spend the money if i'm really don't have to and you I'll should definitely try packs do it for next year 
Um, so yeah, uh, New York Comic Con was is still only the only con I go I'm going to. Um, I had somebody somebody told me packs, um, and uh, one of my friends that I think actually follows you on Facebook. I know she follows Terry Ann. Um, she uh, she wanted me to go to Katsukan. Um, but she sent me like the the thing so I could submit my panel like the day before it was supposed to be submitted, and I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> so so all in all, this year, um, I told my husband I really enjoyed myself. I don't feel like I needed four days, um, but I also don't feel like I saw everything because. Uh, for anybody who knows New York Comic Con, it's usually hosted in the Jacob Javits Center. Last year, it expanded to ha- uh, Hammerstein Ballroom and Madison Square Garden. Um, this year, because they cut off a whole section, uh, the Jacob Javits Center, the artist where it, Artist Alley normally is, that side of the building was completely closed. Artist Alley was stuck in this little section of the convention center, and then. On top of that, they still had Madison Square Garden, which hosted the big events like um, Walking Dead panel, Doctor Who panel, BBC America panel. Um, Steven Universe panel was hosted at Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, the Archer panels at Ham- Hammerstein Ballroom. But then they also opened up a section with- within the New York Public Library, which was awesome because there are so many books that are mentioned and done at New York Comic Con, and I always wondered how they got the the, the convention rooms are very very tiny if you're not in on the main stage. So to talk about books and the anti bullying and things like that, instead of getting those small rooms, they got a section in New York Public Library, um, and then they opened up a section in the Hudson Mercantile, which is another building altogether. I feel I feel the same way because I missed out on 99.99% of the panels for obvious reason Leah showed up at 3 o'clock <laughs> beyond that I noticed that New York Comic Con catered more to the panels but in turn a lot of the businesses that came to that group um, and come to New York Comic Con su- suffered for it so comic-con vendors usually when we come a lot of us come for the swag honestly and being perfectly honest we come for the swag we come for the freebies we come for the books we come for everything that we can get because it gives us access to things that we don't normally see or we wouldn't normally be available or at um or would be associated with us a lot of things with comic-con was an introduction to new genres, new types, new books, whatever. But now that they are only catering to whomever can pay for the vending space, it becomes geared only to larger vendors, larger brands. And in the same time, those same brands can't afford to do um, freebies anymore because they're trying to make enough money just to to have coming to New York Comic Con worth it for them. So this year we saw no free books. I think there were maybe four free giveaways this year in terms of books. 
Yeah, everybody shut down. All the booksellers. Normally, I go to book. I go to Comic Con for the book section. I say this honestly. I say this truly because a lot of times, a lot of access to books I wouldn't get because as an adult female, I don't have. We're in a we're in a little niche. Once you as you grow up, you become put into niche. As you grow up, you get put into different niches. So you as an adult, for me, black female, I get every every book that's around me is the people who are into um, books who are also adult black females. And that might only put me in books that are geared to adult black females. Or it might only put me in books that are only Harry Potter related because that's what I grew up with. So that's all I read. And I don't get to see what these new books out, are out there. And so when I go to BookCon and they give me free books, I'm sitting here like, oh, I have this new book to read. And that's literally what my reading list is for the next year. And then I share with my friends and I was like, oh, for instance, there's a book called Red Queen. It's one of their top sellers now in terms of young adult fiction. I got that book maybe three years ago at New York Comic Con. And I love that book. And when I loved that book, I shared it with my friends. I told my friends about it. They read it. They loved the book. And it went along that series in the same breath. Now they're like, we came in and they were like, oh, yeah, no, no books are free. We'll give you 20% off. I looked at them. I was like, what? They were like, oh, yeah, so if the book is $9.99, we'll sell it to you for $9. I looked at them. I was like, okay. I went straight on Amazon and found it on Kindle for $7. So... What are you doing for me in this moment? How are you making me want to invest and look into new books? New York Comic Con is where I get what I don't know that I would be interested in for free. (laughs) And I pay money for things that I know that I have like a lifelong interest and love of. Like I go to Comic Con for for Archie Comics. I say this freely, openly, and that is what I purchased. I went to New York Comic Con and got seven books from the Archie comic store. I got four of them signed by the CEO. I became that guy. That's because I really love Archie comics. Well, actually that you said that, um, Shannon, so our editor, my husband, um, he loves the Archie comics also. And he got the new chilling adventures of Sabrina and the Jughead books, which he's Mm. gotten really, he really likes them now. And we got them signed by Derek Charm. What I didn't know was that Derek Charm also did the um, the work on the new Starfleet Academy Nerd. comic. Um, and he had the last uh, last edition there. And so he, I bought that one and he signed, he autographed that one for me because um, I'm a Trekkie. I really am. <laughs> I, I am... I am such a, a sci-fi geek. It's not even funny. So I, 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 my cousin got me hooked on Star Trek. Um, my family in general just got me addicted to Star Wars. Um, and if it's sci-fi, it, pretty much I'm there. There's, there's usually not any, um, anything that I'll say, I'll say no to when it comes to sci-fi. Even really bad sci-fi, I'll watch it just to see, just to make fun of it and break it down. Um, but. Now let's talk about the really great thing that happened to the both of us. So on um, Friday, I went to go look for the rejected princess um, 
table, which was in Artist Alley, and I had to go crazy up and down. And so that you know what the layout is like, Thursday and Friday at New York Comic Con is actually not horrible. Um, those are usually the days where if it, especially Thursday, Thursday is the day where um, more if you're a professional, you're there. Friday is the day where some of the nerds are taking that day off so that they have the three or four day weekend. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday is literally when I would say the average Joe would go to New York Comic Con and then it's kind of like bodies pressed onto each other. But even then, this Friday was horrible. Um, I did not know that he was there. So uh, Jason Parath, the creator of Rejected Princesses, uh, was at New York Comic Con in Artist Alley selling his book. I did not know that Thursday, Friday, I'd received a to received a tweet saying that they were there. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go and get this book because I've been following Rejected Tw Princesses and I forgot that I had first started watching, uh, following it on Tumblr um, because I haven't been on Tumblr in over two years and he's all over Facebook now. So, um, but I had start first started with watching him on Tumblr and seeing these Rejected Princesses. Mm. Basically, these are badass women who did not get a Disney story. Um, and we say it like that just because Jason Parath was literally a member of DreamWorks. Um, so he started creating, he started going and doing research into it and talking more about the Rejected Princesses. And it became this big thing all on Tumblr and then on Facebook, then on Twitter. Um, and so I went Friday to go see him and pick up the book and the book was already sold out at his table. Yes, but he was really cool. He says, if you order it, if you pre-order it for me, um, I will still personalize it and I will make a little doodle in it. Just tell me what you want to want me to doodle. Um, so he did offer that. And then when I told him how much I loved him, that I was part of a podcast, he said he would definitely sit down <laughs> and talk to us. So... Uh, Sunday, since Sunday is usually the kids' day, and it's a little bit, I don't want to say a little bit less crazy, but usually Artist Alley is a little bit less crazy. That was so wrong that Sunday, but he was very, very kind to sit with us for a few moments and answer some questions for us. So we will have, we actually have this interview, and we will put it part of this. Um, but let me tell you a little bit about the book, I guess, right? So Rejected Princesses came out last year, 2016, October 25th. So it's almost a year old. Um, it's a standard eight and a half by 10 book. It's only in hardcover. Um, it's publisher is Day Street, uh, Day Street Books. But if you know them, they are owned by Harper Collins. The book is about 384 pages long, and currently it's ranked at uh, 5,993 on the bestsellers list. Um, let's see if we can get that moved up, because seriously, he sold out Thursday, by Thursday evening, Thursday, first day of the con. Friday, uh, when I went to go see him, uh, he said you could probably check it check upstairs in the publishers they still may have it uh that evening before i left i went up to the publisher's booth and they had already sold out with them 
So he's he's pretty insane. The so, book is here's the thing. I was not prepared. So when we were talking, <laughs> my co-host almost got herself killed, and so I was no longer prepared for this for this interview because I we were supposed to meet up twice that that weekend to to pre-plan, talk, do all of that, and she's like, "Oh yeah, so I'm dying, and I'm gonna go home." And so went, so I went, oh, guys, cat lives, exactly, so she went, uh-huh. I'm going home, I was like, oh, so I don't know what to do about this, this podcast, I'm not gonna sit here and do an interview, do I do an interview with my cell phone, I don't think that would be professional at all, let me not, and say she I thought did, I went home and back just to like, leave it alone, <laughs> and then suddenly I'm walking by, and I see this hive-covered female walking towards me, like, hey, why are you still here? I thought you were dying. I'm here trying to plan out EpiPens. Like, do I have to carry one with me? If I And this girl is re- looking like a chicken pox commercial. I'm crying. <laughs> I did not look that bad. Um, I got bit. Now, again, I am from New York. And from Puerto Rico. Uh, I was born in New York, born uh, and raised between Puerto Rico and New York. Um, I get bit by (laughs) insects in Puerto Rico often, but I am allergic to them. Um, But I was just in Puerto Rico recently and had no problem. I go to New York for four days and I got eaten alive by like the only gang of freaking mosquitoes. Hives, guys. Um, And of course, I'm allergic to them, so uh, not difficulty breathing, just extremely itchy. Um, I still have mosquito bites all over me. By the way, got them Thursday evening. Yeah, they are. They are about the size of quarters, um, and I have about eight on each arm, so that's about sixteen. <laughs> so she thought we weren't going to have this interview. I didn't know she did not know where Artist Alley was. I did not know that. I don't go to Artist Alley unless I know somebody directly in Artist Alley. The person that I like in Artist Alley was actually in the vendor show floor most of the weekend, so. Yeah, <laughs> but, and I'll talk about him later, but, um, so I go to wards where I thought, um, Artist Alley was, and I go, and I literally almost walk into a wall, because I'm not even looking up, because I know where I'm going, and I almost walk into a wall, I just look up, and I'm like, there is no door, no door, no door. I'm like, that's like a bad character from um, Game of Thrones. <laughs> that's such a great bad joke. <sighs> that's, yeah, that's the, the budget last... Hodor, right? <laughs> the Lannisters are broke. What do you call them? No door, no door. <laughs> so I have, that means I'm walking... So the <laughs> what I found out was the artist alley was actually in one E. Again, I saw the sign that said one E, but I thought, oh, that's just <laughs> that's what they call that area. Not knowing that, no, I was at one A now. So now I had to walk from one side of the Java Center all the way to the other side. Had to swim through 
14 currents because as soon as I remembered that it was 1E, I forgot it and then walked through 1B because E and B sound the same. So I end up in 1B, then have to swim through the entirety of 1B to go through and find my way to 1E. And then I finally reach there. And he's like, hi, stranger. And I'm like, hi. Do you <laughs> like me? He's like, not really. I'm like, okay. I'm kidding. I'm joking. He was nice. He was cool. I got actually got, I ordered a book myself, The Rejected Apprentices, for my niece. But I'm also lying when I say it's for my niece because I had it written out to my niece, but I also had it sent to my house <laughs> because I want to read it first. And it was actually funny because during the interview, we asked, I mentioned the video and he's like, there's a video. And I'm like, there's like three videos. And so I'm also going to mention that now there was a Screen Rant, which is a pretty popular um, YouTube series that did quote unquote 12 rejected princesses from Disney um, 12 rejected Disney princesses and these were all characters from rejected princesses <laughs> and they were all literally pictures straight from rejected princesses which is why I was like oh yeah I saw that video like no well actually and the funny thing is because remember I mentioned so I, I am in love with the character of Princess Caribou and I did not know that she was a real person um until this past weekend um so there was a movie about princess caribou which he didn't know you'll hear in this interview yes and i could have sworn that i had seen this on tumblr but he says it's not on um on his facebook it's not on tumblr and by the way not on his webpage, which will go live with the mm -hmm. store november 3rd absolutely um but i again i will post links to everything um, I just want to give you a quick, I, I'm not going to go through his full bio because if, if I do, that's going to be like, we wanted a very short episode and it seems like it's not going to be because we talk. Um, so I just wanted to share with you why I think this guy is hilarious because his bio starts with, uh, while working at DreamWorks Animation, I had quite a few opinions about the state of animated movies. Um, so Rejected Princesses was a joke. <laughs> He'll go into that. Um, my favorite part here is I'm a straight white dude from Kentucky. I'm not a historian or a trained artist. My degree is in film theory. I took I took like one art class in all of college. Yeah. Because the animation I did was pr basically physics programming, no drawing involved. You can see what I'm talking about here. So again, there'll be links to everything. My favorite line, though, is I'm an expert in the usage of visual effects to erase genitalia. <laughs> so I um, I absolutely love his book. I love his um, page. And if you follow us, you will know that because almost every other thing I post okay, on yay. either my Facebook or the GT, uh, GFT Facebook is a rejected princess. So, I think without further ado, we should five, like, four, let this, three, two, let them hear this one. interview. So, Jason Parath's first New York Comic Con and sold out on Rejected Princesses day one at 6 p.m. and HarperCollins sold out on Friday. 
we have been going crazy looking for this book and it's gone. But he's been very, very nice to personalize orders. So if you're still here at New York Comic Con, you want to check him out. Jason, why did we do Rejected Princesses? So I used to work at DreamWorks Animation and they just weren't making movies like this. I was really disappointed in how sort of the female roles were in a lot of the movies. And I knew it was a big risk, like from the bean counter perspective, that movies who had done that sort of thing hadn't done real well. Uh, like Coraline, Monsters vs. Aliens, which is a literal female empowerment movie, but just didn't do very well. And it's a big ask of anybody to greenlight a movie and gamble all of your coworkers' livelihoods. It sucks when you have to fire your coworkers because of your decision, but I now have no coworkers. I can gamble myself. I wanted it to exist, and now it does. So who was your first rejected princess? So this did not start out as a, a bastion of enlightenment, I will be honest with you. It started as a lunchtime conversation over, like, what is the worst idea you can come up with for a Disney princess? And the worst idea we came up with out of that conversation was Nabokov's Lolita, which doesn't have a lot going for it besides black humor, like, haha, isn't that a terrible idea? But I also had, uh, I was a Wikipedia junkie at the time, so I tossed out a bunch of uh, ideas for, like, Boudicca and Jinkum Bande of Angola. Uh, that uh, none of my coworkers had heard of, so I illustrated those as well, like shortly thereafter. And I put all of these out, like about a dozen that sort of ran the gamut. Day one, it went viral, and uh, that was three and a half years ago, and here I am. Okay, three and a half years ago, I heard the research was not the best. What is the research process now? I basically live in libraries. Uh, I there's 300 some months citations at the end of the uh, first book. The second book, I'm doing things like uh, contracting people to do original translations for the first time into English, and I'm trying to make it a, a good resource. So you're getting actual stuff from the original languages? Yeah, I'll give you an example. In book two, there's a woman uh, named Palazzo Captanian. Her story is that she was Armenian, who was part of the Armenian genocide, walked through the Syrian desert while pregnant, then gave birth, went back for her two kids that she had had to leave, and then got everybody to the U.S. and later invented rice Surprise! Um, <laughs> but she's one of the only people to have written about the Armenian genocide like in the years directly afterwards. Most of the accounts came out 20, 30 years after. She wrote a, a really good book that there's maybe five copies of in all the libraries in all the world, and it's in French. I found one. I took pictures of every single page. I made a PDF. I ran it through an OCR uh, thing to get it in, into text format, ran that through Google Translate, got a basic idea of what was going on, and then like put it out as a, uh, a crowd translate thing among my bilingual fans who are currently going through and translating the entire thing. It's 100 years old, we're unsure about the copyright, but if we're able to, we're gonna gift the uh, translation to Armenian uh, organizations because it's a really important work. Oh my God, that is insane. So Jason, you have not met Leah. She is actually the partner and co-host and co-creator of Geeks and Family Therapy. Hey, how are you? All right, how are you? I'm so glad to see that see that this is up, that you are here at New York Comic Con. This is absolutely beautiful. I was actually, there was a video out about you guys focusing on your um, rejected princesses recently that I saw online. <laughs> He doesn't even know. He doesn't know how popular oh. he is. Oh, my God. I, people take my stuff and put it all sorts of places and never tell me, so I guess I'm on YouTube. Yay! You are always copied on Geeks and Family Therapy. Anytime uh, this pops up on my feed, I always share it on a Geeks page because 
a lot of what we talk about is feminism and the importance of feminism. So let's talk about the first book and then you have to give everybody warnings of your second book because actually, wait, should we ask it? Are you doing other cons? Um, I'm doing Long Beach Comic Expo. I think that's in February. I'm doing, um, I'm appearing as a guest at Las Vegas uh, Book Festival. I'm trying to get into C2E2 and um, Rose City and uh, Emerald City. Okay, so you've got a few. How many books did you bring this time? <laughs> I brought a hundred, which is how many I had at like Heroes Con and Small Press Expo, and that's about as much as I went through the whole weekend. That went by 6 p.m. on Thursday today. <laughs> and here I thought I was too late on a Sunday. Yeah, you were too late on Thursday. I was here on Friday, and he was sold out. So, are you liking New York Comic Con? It's great, but it's nuts. Like, just getting to the bathroom is like a mosh pit. <laughs> uh, what's the song that's playing through your head in this mosh pit of yours? Oh, God. Uh, Metal Heart by Garbage. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> so, who is your favorite princess that you've done so far? It's a hard one uh, to say, but in terms of just the one that I would love to see on the big screen the most is probably Julie Daubigny, the bisexual sword-slinging opera singer who burnt down a convent to bang a man. Oh my god, that was one of my favorite ones to see. He keeps mentioning these uh, princesses when he talks to the um, people that are coming up and crowding his table, and I go, oh, I love that one, oh, I love that one, and I, I don't think there's a princess I don't love in your book, which is... I mean, that, that speaks volumes for the characters, but it speaks volumes for your writing as well and your artwork. So you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter. Where else are we finding these rejected princesses? Uh, I'm also on Tumblr. It actually started on Tumblr and continues there. Uh, the main website, rejectedprincesses.com, is a mother loaded. It has everything I've ever done and has all sorts of uh, behind-the-scenes info and as well as like interesting ways to access it. There's a Google Maps interface where you can just like, oh, I want to find every Ecuadorian princess or every Mexican one or whatever. Okay, just because, you know, I am, is there a Puerto Rican princess? Not yet. I have a couple on my list. I keep looking for the right one to do, and I haven't found it yet, but I have a number of people that I need to do more research on that may be the right person. What is the basics of this book? Let's start with how many pages, how long did it take to come out, and this is just volume one, right? Yeah. Okay, so volume two is another Rejected Princesses, or is that the one you were talking about with uh, Tough Mothers? Uh, so it's going to be a volume two of Rejected Princesses, but the title's going to be Tough Mothers, and it's going to be entirely badass moms. It'll be out in April. <laughs> so everybody, if you are listening online, you need to go to Barnes & Noble's, Amazon. Where else do they find your book? In any local bookstore. Support your local bookstores. Um, and support your local libraries, because this is where he's getting all his research from. What is the artwork that you loved the most? Um, probably my favorite piece that I've done so far was Marguerite de la Roque. Uh, she's in book one. Uh, she was a uh, French woman who was stranded on an abandoned island, literally called the Island of Demons in the 1500s in Canada, uh, and was the first European person, male or female, to survive more than one winter in the New World. Uh, she was abandoned by her crappy relative and ended up hunting bears for two and a half years, then making it back to France when she flagged down a Basque fisherman ship.
Wait, you know which one I want you to tell me about? The uh, one where she uh, took out her own rib and an eye? Sophie Morigo is a, uh, another Canadian. She was a First Nations Métis woman, so she was half uh, Native, half uh, uh, European. Uh, she was a hard-drinking, hard-bargaining uh, frontiers woman who got into an accident, lost an eye, amputated her own rib, then uh, dressed it up with a pretty pink bow and had it hanging over the entrance to her house. Um, she had many, many lovers, uh, and just basically a lot of them would try to take advantage of her, and none of them survived. So actually, there's there's a little sort of Easter egg in Rejected Princesses. So if you look at the two-page um, illustration, you can find Jason in it. So that is your little Where's Waldo section. You get to look for Jason. Um, which is hard because unless you're at a con, you don't know what Jason looks like. <laughs> well, there's pictures of me online, but there's also uh, the fact that uh, I'm the uh, only one in, uh, in the illustration with a beard. <laughs> You've got a point there. Got a point there. Now we have to find the beard. So how many pages is the first book? It's about 400 pages. And how many princesses have you done so far? Uh... 300 or thereabouts between two and 300 and you just keep finding more so how do you get these princesses I read like a maniac I'm basically live in libraries I read entire encyclopedias back to front I go to really obscure sections of Wikipedia just to get names and then like maybe sources and then go from there um, and then people write in all the time I only speak English and a little bit of Japanese and French so uh, there's a lot of people that I can't research very easily, but people will write in from Brazil, they'll write in from Jamaica, they'll write in from wherever and be like, hey, you should cover so-and-so. And I'm like, there, there's nothing on them in English. I never would have been able to find them otherwise. And now that I have their name, I can look up a little bit of info on them and go from there. So Google Translate doesn't help at all, huh? No, Google Translate's enormously helpful <laughs> to get a start. Okay. Uh, and for some languages, like French, the Romance languages, it's fine. Uh, you can get at least the basics of it. Uh, but for real research, like, it's good to find the original source. Like, you can use that to sort of muddle your way through until you find the original source, at which point you do a real translation. So, uh, how I got into Rejected Princesses, the first one that I ever saw, and I think it was on Tumblr, was Princess Caribou which on Friday I mentioned to you that I actually loved Princess Caribou. Yeah, she's uh, in the book. She's not online. Oh, okay. So uh, maybe I just saw um, somebody posting pictures from the book. But um, one, of the, one of the main ones I love was Princess Caribou. Now, I had a question for you because when I first saw the movie, did you see it? There's a Princess Caribou movie? Back in the 90s or late 80s, Princess Caribou came out as a movie, and I thought it was completely fiction. So how did you find out about her? I don't even remember at this point. Like, honestly, I've read so much and, like, taken down so many names. It could have been a suggestion. It could have just popped up in one of my searches. How do we get in touch with you? So if we say this is a princess that, well, this is a, uh, a woman that we think would make a great rejected princess, how do we let you know of this? So there's a contact form on the website. It's been malfunctioning a little bit and sending me like 52 emails for every single email that someone tries to send in, but I still get it. Um, or you can email hello at rejectedprincesses.com. Leah, any more questions? If you were to pick a rejected princess to be, 
who would you be? Everybody has a favorite princess, but who would you be? I would be Princess Caribou. I'm not sure, honestly. A lot of them lived in really difficult times. Like I, I'm a little too close to like the reality of their worlds to, to be able to say that necessarily like that a lot of them had really tough lives. Probably again Julie Daubigny because she, she at least made a, a fun time of it. Maybe Kuchulun, uh, Genghis Khan's great granddaughter, uh, who you know was able to sort of get her way for most of her life. Isn't she in Marco Polo TV show? Yes, they screw up her story by giving her a terrible Romeo and Juliet plot. Uh, she never had that in her life. Oh, well, that's good to know that the TV show sucked. Well, it doesn't suck. Okay, I'm going to take that back. They didn't do any research. <laughs> I, they did. I think they did research. They just ignored it. Everybody loves a Romeo and Juliet story, quote unquote. My last question. Facebook, Twitter, how can people get in contact with you? Okay, so besides the website. Uh, so the easiest way for me to keep track of, of it is if you contact me through the website because there's way too many other streams of stuff for me to keep track of. Uh, but you can send me Facebook messages if you want, uh, Tumblr asks, uh, Twitter uh, messages, whatever. All right, everyone, that was Jason Parath, the creator and mastermind behind uh, Rejected Princesses. I'm totally in love with your work. Thank you so much for this time. I'm going to buy a book as we speak, guys, and I encourage everyone else to buy a book as, they, as I speak. So please follow them. Find it on Amazon. Find it at Barnes & Noble. Find it at your local bookstore. And we will be putting all the information on our website, as always, so that you, if you cannot hear me, you can find it on there. Um, and in November or so, I have to finish up all the work on book two, but I'm planning on opening an uh, online store on the website. Uh, and you, if you order from there, I'll be able to autograph it and stuff and send it out to you. So, yeah. At some point, we need a picture of a TIE fighter with a Hello Kitty bow on it, just because. Thank you, Jason. This was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. Okay, so I'm glad that you guys heard the interview. How did you think that we did talking to Mr. Porath? Do, were we great? Were we fantastic? Were we the best thing you ever heard? Exactly. I'm glad you knew the thing. <laughs> if you have bad comments, don't share. I do want to say there was a moment like, cool, um, he cool, and I I'm got cool, to speak really cool. oh prior God. to the interview um, where I gave him a business card with my information. And he goes, wait, I've seen your name before. And I had this little moment in my head where I had to pretend I wasn't spazzing out. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm ridiculous. just like, yeah, but I was the, on this. I really enjoyed talking to him. I felt like an idiot sometimes because, again, I was not prepared. But the little nerd in me was going, oh, my God, someone knows who I am. Um, yeah, that was that was me. I got caught plague and I pretty much died for the next like 24 hours. I had nightmares. Everybody, that was so night. my fault. It's been it real. really, really was. I just I've I've had a weird, weird five days. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting because I remember seeing his artwork and going i've seen this before and not knowing where i saw it before. <laughs> not just as rejected theme princesses but like simply i've seen it before and then i realized 
as I read his biography, that he did How to Train Your, Train Your Dragons 2, Megaminds, and The Croods. How to Train Your Dragon is one of my favorite TV shows and movies ever. Like, full spaz. Like, if I was aware of this, if I had done my research, I would have probably fangirled and then had him sign and might have had him um, make two and told him to draw some dragons on the back of it. Not gonna lie, that would probably still happen. If Mr. Porath, if you're listening and you haven't sent my book out yet, I would love a dragon. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> so he was like, he kept saying, if, if you want me to draw Garfield, if you want me to draw this, and I was like, well, has anybody actually <laughs> asked you to draw Garfield? Um... And I forgot who he said. Well, I'm waiting for so-and-so to pass by because I probably will. Um, and I thought mask. about it afterwards and I was like, you know what I really want? I want a TIE fighter with a big Hello Kitty bow on it because that is literally who I am. Um, I am a Hello Kitty uh, aficionado um, and I love Star Wars. <laughs> And I love Star Wars, so yes, uh, hell, uh, a TIE fighter with a giant Hello Kitty bow would make my day. And um, I didn't ask for that. I asked him instead for one of my favorite, um, I have so many favorite rejected princesses, and I think I mentioned that like throughout the interview several times. Um, one of them was uh, the knight who hunted rapists, and literally she was this woman who her and several of her ladies in waiting um were raped and so they put on black armor and she went after the army that raped her and they all killed her killed the men and like when they went to the guy who raped them they would literally take the mask off at that point so that they can see their face when they killed them it was awesome so yes, I I loved that one. That's one of my favorite ones. Um <laughs> and he he said he would draw that for me. Um I also talked about Princess Caribou, which again, I could have sworn I saw the artwork for that one, but apparently I didn't. But again, that's because Take I saw the movie you, which he you. didn't about Princess Caribou. He didn't even know there was a movie about. Um and I love Princess Caribou because she was not really a princess, but she had a lot of rich people believing she was. So, and I think that's literally what, what that chapter is called, the princess who faked it until she made it. Oh, fun. So it's those two. And my third favorite was um, this woman during World War II. Her husband was killed. She literally sold all her belongings to buy a, tra a buy a tank and hunt Nazis. Like, this book is just a bunch of badass women. Um, yes. His webpage... Oh, I'm sorry. The web store will go live November 3rd. His webpage is already up. Uh, but the store will go live November 3rd. The second book which is Rejected Princesses 2. I think it's called Badass Mothers or something like that. Um, that one goes in, goes for sale in April. So 
there's a lot of great things. Look for Jason Porath. I will definitely put links to Rejected Princesses Facebook. I will attempt to see if the Tumblr is still up. I'm sure it is. People still use Tumblr. Um, and I will link to his Twitter. Buy his book. Buy his book. Buy his book. Anything else? Um, You're amazing. Jason, I don't know if you are going to listen to this. I am going to put a link on your fa- uh, on your Twitter so that you do. But thank you so much for taking the time to speak to Leah and I um, and answer and our questions. You were amazing. Um, New York Comic Con. Oh, I didn't mention my geeking out that happened also with another artist. So there's an artist. I don't know if everybody knows him, but a lot of the black community, POC community knows him. His name is Marcus Williams. Nice guy. And he's most known presently most known for his artwork which did a version his artwork of wonder woman and her twin sister nubia who is black wonder woman wonder woman was made from white clay nubia was made from black clay and so he did artwork with both of them together and with each of them in their own and it became viral because everybody was like holy crap there's a black wonder woman and like spazzed out and had a small heart attack and then they were like wait it's canon and they had a bigger heart attack so he became really popular but when i first met him he was doing like um um book series he was starting a book series called tuskegee ears and it's basically a comic about young um fighter pilot fighter pilot um yes a book about young fighter pilots. I was like, I felt like there was another word in there, but there wasn't. Um, <laughs> but it was a story about young black fire pi- fighter pilots who were um, basically it turned being yes. Tuskegee Airmen into a mashup between Gundam and like. Um, no, 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 you're good. You're I don't good. Just... know if you remember Cats that. Um, no, the TV show, the Fighter Cats, Thundercats. No, the pilot ones. If you could correct this, the tell musical? us. Um, oh, oh, the but Fighter it's Cats. Kind of okay, a mix the, between the, there, the, except the, it's an all black youth team, and you're really interested in you're interested in following the story. He's had two books out so far, two volumes out. So, and I of course bought both of them and had him sign both of them, and again. I bought it with the intentions of giving it to my nephew, but I'm also lying to myself and reading it for myself first because I have no shame. Um, But he was really awesome, and we actually were dressed in Wakandan cosplays that day when I met him, and he took a picture of us, and I'm just really, really, really hoping that he draws us. If he doesn't, it's okay. It was was nice feeling that moment of, like, ecstatic hope but and like just this just the thought of him possibly drawing us would be awesome um i told him full full clearance i was like as long as i get a copy i don't care how how viral it gets i just want a copy of this picture but if he doesn't it's okay but again if he does i will cry on national television because i will just go on national television just to say i'm really thankful for this moment and that will be y'all 
<sighs> I wanted to talk to him again, but he disappeared into Artist Alley, and I was not disappearing into that again on Sunday, so that was just sad, and I wasn't able to see him again. Next time, guys, next time, we're thinking about yeah, you. Yeah, I was hoping we'll to get see to speak you. to Joe we'll Quinones. We'll get you. Um, and T. Franklin, who on Sunday <laughs> when I got there, T. Franklin, I couldn't find <laughs> again. And Joe Quinones had already left, so I guess that's not going to happen. I guess I'm not that important. <laughs> so for till next time, you can reach me on uh, Twitter at catmft, K-A-T-M-F-T. And of course, our Twitter page for Geek ther- uh, Geek and fa- Geek's Family. Oh, my God. Geek Family Therapy. <laughs> Just having a night is at Geek Fam Therapy. Um, Leah, they could reach you on Twitter, Instagram, Google Plus. You keep saying Google Plus at but LFB. Nobody uses Google. Nobody uses Google Plus. You'll find me on those as LFB, or you can find us on our new, brand new, spanking new Instagram, GF Therapy where you can see us shenanigans in IRL time. And when I say IRL time, I don't mean in IRL time, okay? Oh, yeah, Facebook is the most important one because that's how we know if you guys are really there. So Facebook would be GFT, Geeks and Family Therapy. And, of course... If you like us and you want to find more podcasts just like us, we are part of the Geek Therapy Network where you can find several other podcasts regarding some type of geek therapy. Because, again, Geek Therapy Network. So, (laughs) night all. Okay, we love you. Bye-bye.